No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God would provide enough food in the sixth year to last through the seventh year. If only they would listen to him. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 25 on Simply the Bible. Yesterday, we saw that God not only cares for his people, he also cares for his land. And the land of Israel specifically belonged to God. He had some definite rules about how it was to be cared for. And one of the big rules was that every seventh year, the land was to get a complete rest. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 18. So you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them, and you will dwell in the land in safety. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in. You shall eat of the old harvest. We have seen that God's ways are not our ways. And in fact, his ways are better than ours. If only the Hebrews would have done what God had said and given the land a rest in the seventh year then God would have blessed them in at least four ways. First, he would have prospered them so that their ground yielded much fruit. Who knows, but that there is some natural law that if you give the land a rest in the seventh year, that in the sixth year, it will give you a bumper crop. Or else God could have controlled the amount of rain and the timing of the rain so that a great harvest would have resulted. Second, they would have been fully satisfied. The crop in the sixth year would have lasted through the seventh year that they rested, and in the eighth year they would have sowed their fields, but the crop still would have lasted through that year until the new crop of the eighth year came forth. So obviously this would require faith on their part because they're just sitting doing nothing for that seventh year. But isn't this like what God requires of us when he tells us to give to him the first fruits of our labor? A lot of times we don't understand how are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to pay the rent if I give God his 10% first? Well, it does require faith on our part. But God said, give and it shall be given to you. Press down, running over, it shall be poured out into your lap. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you as well. Isn't God capable of blessing those who do what he says? Of course. Third, they would have security. God said that they would dwell in the land in safety. He would protect them from their enemies and also from wild beasts. Fourth, they would have rest. 
Now, it's the devil who doesn't give you any rest. He's the harsh taskmaster. God grants rest to those whom he loves. If they would have obeyed God, then they would have had a year's vacation every seventh year and two years vacation every 50th year. That was in addition to the nearly four weeks of feasts that they had annually and a Sabbath day every week. Prosperity, satisfaction, security, and rest. God has a great benefits package. Verse 23, the land shall not be sold permanently for the land is mine. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession, you shall grant redemption of the land. God wanted to make it clear to them that they were tenants, not owners. Our problem is that one of the first words we utter is mine. We come to understand that we want ownership. We like the fact that we can do whatever we want if we own it. But there are some advantages to being a tenant. For example, last night we had a youth group at the place that we lease for our church and somebody locked one of the doors that we didn't have a key for. So we had to call somebody and they came out from the property management agency and they made a new key for us. And, you know, the thing is, is that if you own it and something goes wrong, it's your dollar. But if you're leasing it and something goes wrong, then it's the landlord's problem and their dollar. And God said, this land is mine. I will take responsibility for it, but you need to do what I tell you to do. And what I'm telling you to do is that you need to grant redemption to people that sell their inheritance so that they can redeem it back. Verse 25, if one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possession, and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it, then he may redeem what his brother sold. Or if the man has no one to redeem it, but he himself becomes able to redeem it, then let him count the years since its sale and restore the remainder to the man to whom he sold it, that he may return to his possession. But if he is not able to have it restored to himself, then what was sold shall remain in the hand of him who bought it until the year of Jubilee, and in the Jubilee it shall be released." and he shall return to his possession. So this introduces the concept of the kinsman redeemer. If you couldn't afford to buy back your own property after you had sold it, a close relative could purchase it for you. Otherwise, you'd have to wait until the year of Jubilee, every 50th year, and it would revert to you. This forms the basis for the beautiful love story of Ruth. A woman from Israel named Naomi moves to Moab with her husband and two sons because of a famine. Her sons marry two Moabite women. Naomi's husband and her two sons die, leaving her alone with her two daughters-in-law. One goes back to her people, the Moabites, but Ruth remains with Naomi because of her love for her. When they arrive back in Israel, Ruth gleans in the field of a wealthy man named Boaz, who happens to be a kinsman redeemer of Naomi. He fulfills the right of the kinsman redeemer, 
purchasing Naomi's property for her. He also fulfills the duty of the Liverite marriage by marrying Ruth to give her a son to perpetuate the name of her former husband in Israel. Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of David, making her a Gentile in the lineage of Christ. If you've never read this story, it's a beautiful love story, not only between Ruth and Boaz, but also the extraordinary love that Ruth has for her mother-in-law, Naomi. All of this provides the background for our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ. We were sold into sin with no hope of ever redeeming ourselves. But Jesus had compassion on us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He couldn't do it without becoming a near relative. He had to become a man so that he could redeem us and then call us to himself. Like Boaz with Ruth, Jesus has taken a Gentile bride, his church. Verse 29, if a man sells a house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year, he may redeem it. But if it is not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house in the walled city shall belong permanently to him who bought it. Throughout his generations, it shall not be released in the Jubilee. Now, owning a house in a walled city was kind of like living in a gated community in Beverly Hills. You would pay top dollar for the added security. This was not part of your tribal inheritance, but a luxury home. If you sold it, you had up to one year to redeem it. Or if you couldn't redeem it, you could have a relative redeem it. But if you didn't redeem it within the year, then it became the permanent property of the new buyer. Verse 31. However, the houses of villages which have no wall around them shall be counted as the fields of the country. They may be redeemed and they shall be released in the Jubilee. So your house out in the country could be redeemed whenever and would revert back in the year of Jubilee. Nevertheless, the cities of the Levites and the houses in the cities of their possession, the Levites may redeem at any time. And if a man purchases a house from the Levites, then the house that was sold in the city of his possession shall be released in the Jubilee. For the houses in the cities of the Levites are their possessions among the children of Israel. But the field of the common land of their cities may not be sold, for it is their perpetual possession. So a different set of laws for the Levites because the Levites didn't have their own inheritance in Israel. Their inheritance were their cities that they had, and they had the common land around the cities for pasture land, so that could never be sold. But if they sold one of their houses in the cities, since that was their only possession, they could redeem it and it would revert to them in the year of Jubilee. God was the owner of the land. They were just tenants having to do what he told them to do. But the benefits were great. God would do so much for them, giving them rest, giving them security, giving them prosperity if only they would walk in his ways. 
as we've pointed out. Unfortunately, they never did. We never get to see what actually happened with God blessing them because they never did, as far as we know, give the land its seventh year of rest, nor did they ever celebrate the year of Jubilee and the cancellation of all debts. If only they had obeyed the Lord. But then again, we might ask that of ourselves. What might our lives look like if we would obey fully the Lord? God is gracious. He is merciful. It's not too late to start. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Next week, we'll see God's heart of compassion toward the poor and toward servants, and we'll see His desire that we share His heart. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Leviticus on Simply the Bible. 